are uh, in the Advent season here as we look forward to Christ. And uh, we had an opportunity to light the candles. And uh, this morning we're talking about love and what love is all about. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Christmas passage as recorded by Matthew, the evangelist. Matthew, uh, the tax collector, the one who uh, in many ways was rejected by the Jews and yet became a follower of Christ. And uh, he records for us in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through to the end of the chapter, uh, the account of Jesus' birth. Hear now from God's word, as recorded from Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him to. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thanks for your word here this morning. I pray that it would come alive for each one of us, that it would speak to each one of us. Lord, you know our stories. You know the things we're wrestling with. You're keenly aware of our victories and our struggles. Lord, more than that, you know what lies ahead. You know the days ahead. And you know the truth that we need to hear today and hold on to to get us through the days ahead. And so, Father, we pray that you would speak and that uh, our hearts would be receptive to your truth. We pray for grace and for mercy. We pray that Jesus Christ, the Lord, would reign in our hearts and in this service here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The text begins by just telling us, you know, the account that we've heard so often about who Jesus is and how he was born. I've said it before and I'll say it again that uh, uh, Larry King, the, the great interviewer on CNN, said if he had one question to answer, one question uh, to answer that would change his life, he said the question that he'd want answered is, was Jesus born of a virgin? Now, we may sit and hear that and go, well, what's the big deal? Why, why is that such an important question? Well, if Jesus was born of a virgin, then Jesus is who he said he is. He is completely God and completely man. If Jesus is born of a virgin, then his sacrifice on the cross is sufficient. If Jesus is born of a virgin, then he is truly God in flesh. And everything else revolves around that truth, that reality. Make no mistake, Matthew and I witness to the life of Jesus, believed that Jesus was born of a virgin. 
This is not something that happened over time. This is a truth, a reality for Jesus and his disciples. He's born of a virgin. Now, it goes on to say in verse 21, and this is the verse that I would kind of like us to hone in on this morning. It goes on to say, as it it sort of unpacks that Joseph was skeptical, you know, I I can't be, I'm just going to quietly divorce her so there's no shame. It goes on to say that the angel tells Joseph that she will bear a son, and you're to call him Jesus. Now, Jesus is the Greek version of the Hebrew word Joshua or Yahshua, which means God saves. And then the the angel says to uh, Joseph in this dream that he will save his people from their sins. That's the goal. That's the mandate. That's the purpose of why Jesus came. What does it mean to be saved from sins? How does being saved from sin, how does that mesh with love? If we love, doesn't it just mean to look the other way and pretend something has ha- hasn't happened? Is that, is that what it means to be saved from sin? Why do we need saving? What's God's posture in all of these things? And how is this baby in a manger that we celebrate uh, every Christmas, what does he have to do with the reality of being saved from sin? Well, Matthew chapter 118 says that he's come to save us from sin. Um, Is it it just as simple as him saying, well, I love you, therefore I'm going to kind of look the other way? Well, no, there's more to it than that. You see, John 3.16 definitely declares that there's a truth in the reality that God does love us. It's that popular verse that we often see at a football game in the end zone, you know, on the yellow uh, card stock and written John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. You see, God loves us, but his love in and of itself, if it was just love, it wouldn't be enough to deal with our sin. No, there's more to it than that. God does love us, make no mistake. He loves us with a love and a passion that the world doesn't know except that it's from him. He he loves us for sure. And if we believe on him, we won't perish. We'll have eternal life. This baby in a manger who's going to uh, save us from our sins, how does this all work? Is it just a feel-good story or is there more to it than that? What is forgiveness? What does it entail? What's required? How do we understand forgiveness? Is Forgiveness simply a a good feeling, something we enjoy, or is there more to it than that? Well, if God is to save us from our sins, the question of how he saves us from our sin is fundamental, isn't it? If I were to do a poll here this morning and ask, is it by God's love or mercy that we are forgiven from our sins? 
I wonder how many would stick up their hands and say, well, yeah, that seems to be correct. And on one level, it is. But there's more to it than that, isn't there? If I were to ask the crowd and say, okay, if it's it's just love and mercy that spares us from our sin, what about justice? Where does justice fit? Is it the justice of God that spares us from our sins? I wonder how we would answer. I wonder how would we react? How would we respond? We don't like to talk about justice, especially at Christmas time. But I think it's because we don't understand it. What is justice? How does it work? Well, John the Apostle, another eyewitness, he, he writes in his account as well on, on the forgiveness of sin. Listen to what he says in, in John uh, 1 verse 8. In John 1 verse 8, he says this when it comes to um, uh, sin. He says, now, if we, you or I, were to say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if Jesus has come to save us from our sins, the question is, do we need it? Are we sinful? Well, John says, yes, everyone, everyone who lives, everyone who exists is a sinner, has sinned. If we say we haven't sinned, we're self-deceived. Now, maybe in our context, people would say, well, that that seems like a, a redundant statement. Of course everyone would agree that they've sinned, but it's not true. I mean, ask around, do a poll, ask your neighbors, your friends, your family, your co-workers, do they struggle with sin? And what you'll find is that some will say, yes, I do struggle with sin, and others will say, no, 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 I don't have a problem with sin. But the truth of the matter is, if we declare that we have no problem with sin, we're simply self-deceived, that's what John says. If we say we have no sin, we we are simply self-deceived. The truth is not in us. But if we can come to terms with our sinfulness, we can come to terms with our brokenness, if we can come to terms with the fact that we've missed the mark, that's when we can enter into a place of forgiveness. The next verse, 1 John 1, 9, says this. It says, if we confess our sins, if we, if you or I, it's an invitation An opportunity to respond. If we confess our sins, if we acknowledge that we sin, listen to this, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hmm. Yes, God loves you, make no mistake, and he extends his mercy to you. But there's only one way that we can be forgiven from our sins, and it comes down to the justice of God. Let me see if I can uh, briefly illustrate this for you. In the first service, I used chips as my illustration, but I'm going to change from chips. Let's go with salad. (laughs) Let's say every Sunday after church, I I pull into the Save on Foods. (laughs) And I see a bag of salad, and I'm really longing for salad. (laughs) It sounds better. Thanks, Larry. I appreciate that. (laughs) I see this. It's good. It's Caesar salad. (laughs) I go and I grab a bag of Caesar salad and I bring it to the cashier. And it happens to be the only cashier who works every Sunday, for the sake of my illustration. 
And as I approach and I put the Caesar salad on the, on the, on the counter and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat this on the way home, I reach in and I grab my wallet, all right? And I pull it out and I open it up and there's no money. I look at the bag of salad. I look at the teller, the cashier, and I say, hey, it's salad. Can I have Salad, please. I, I'm really hungry. I, I need some salad for the drive home. Would you help me out? Please, please, I, I, I beg you, let me have my salad. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going, whatever. <laughs> what am I appealing to? I'm appealing to her mercy, to her love, to her kindness towards me. That she would allow me to have this bag of salad. Now let's say, let's say she's a kind soul and goes, yeah, it's only three bucks. You know what? Don't, don't worry about it. This time, I'll cover it on your way. Now, as you know, every Sunday, I'm heading to Save on Foods. I go in the second time and, and this cashier sees me. And she sees me walking in and she goes, turn around and walk out of here. <laughs> I know what you're up to, Mr. Buck. I go and I grab my bag of salad, and again, I have no money. I go up to the counter and I say, please, please, I want my salad. Let me have a bag of salad. It's really important. I can't afford it. Would you please let me have salad? And she goes, no, no, this is a business. If I gave everything away, we, we would never be able to survive. We, we can't keep doing this. I say, but, but look, it expires in like four days. I mean, I know what's going to happen in four days. He's going to throw this out. Why waste it? Let me have it. Again, I am what? I'm appealing to her generosity, to her mercy. I'm appealing to her good nature, her love towards me. Maybe she gives it to me. Maybe she doesn't. I go in again. She says, no way. Enough is enough. We can't run our business this way. Hmm. There's no justice there. See, friends, sin requires a payment. See, that's the part that we don't like to talk about. That's the part that we find so difficult. That's the part that we, we refuse to acknowledge or accept. See, that cashier can like me, she can be merciful, but there's always a payment. Sin requires a payment. The Bible says this, that the wages of sin is death. The cost for sin is death. And make no mistake, you, I, we, we've all sinned. We deserve death. That's the price. Uh, yes, God loves you. God loves me. God is merciful. And, and his desire is that we would repent, that we would turn to him. His desire is that we'd have a right relationship with him. But there's justice that needs to happen. See, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. This is the good news. God doesn't change the standard. God doesn't change his approach. God's desire towards you, towards me, it's loving. Make no mistake. 
You see, that baby in a manger is more than just a a, a cooing baby. The story of Christmas has far more profound effect on humanity. The wonder of Christmas has far more uh, a profound effect on you and I if we allow it to, to, to come in to our hearts. You see, in that crib, in that manger is justice. It's justice. See, God is faithful. He's true. He doesn't change. That baby, Jesus, he pays the price. He submitted to his creation. The one he created, Mary, took care of him. Wow. For you and for me. He, he grew up. The one who created water was thirsty. The one who is the truth was questioned about the truth before Pontius Pilate. See, friends, God loves you. Make no mistake. And he's merciful towards you. Make no mistake. Absolutely without question, for sure. But it's his justice that sets us free from sin. See, Jesus died on the cross. Why? Because he knew no sin. He never sinned. Not in thought, not in deed, not in action. Jesus never sinned. He did not deserve death as you and I deserve death. That baby in a manger would rise up and and take the price for you and for me so that whosoever call on his name shall be saved. This is the good news of Christmas. This is justice. See, Pastor Art has heard my story about solid. (laughs) He's heard about save on food and how I go there and I haven't paid the price for salad and He determines. He determines that he's going to help me out. So he goes and he sees that cashier and he gives the cashier enough money to cover my salad for a year. (laughs) Isn't that great news? And let me assure you, Pastor Art would do that. He's a generous type. Now friends, every time I walk into save on foods, and I go up to that cashier with my bag of salad, what happens? Do I have to plea for mercy? No. No. I receive the gift that's been paid for me by another. See, God does love you. God is merciful to you. He is faithful and he is just. He pays in full for all your sin. And that's why Jesus has saved you. He saved me. If we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts, we will be saved. I love the baptisms. There's a reoccurring theme, isn't there? 
I needed Jesus. I called on his name. He saved me. I'm changed. Is it easy? Nope. Is it worth it? Yes. See, that's why that baby came in a manger. To save us from our sins. Let's stand together. Now, where do you stand this morning before God? Yeah, for sure God loves you. Make no mistake. But God's not willing to sweep under the rug anything you've done. He's just not. There's a price to pay for your sin, for my sin. And friends, it's a high price, and that price is death. But Jesus... Jesus is just, and he paid for you and for me. And so we can drink deeply from the well of forgiveness. Drink deeply from a right relationship with God, not because of our sufficiency, but because of his love and grace and mercy. More than that, his justice. But friends, we have to call. We have to confess We need to receive. May we understand that that baby in the manger was completely God and completely man and that he paid him full for all our sins. That we can be saved, that we can be forgiven, that we can have a life of purpose and meaning as we walk with him. And so, Lord Jesus, thank you Thank you that you came and submitted to your creation. Thank you for loving us so much that you paid in full for all our sin, for all our shame. Thank you, Lord. Lord, there, there may be some here who have never called on your name, never appreciated forgiveness, but now, now want to. Oh, God, thank you for Lending your ear to those who call on your name this morning. And Lord, others may be walking but have failed again. Walking and knowing you but failed again. And wondering, why would you forgive me again? Well, because you are just. And the payment has been paid in full. May we walk in the freedom you offer to each one of us. For it's in Christ's name we pray.